Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together this morning, um, this beautiful August morning together as community, to be inspired by your story through scripture, your story that is lived out through each and every one of our lives. We just ask that uh, today each and one of us is just inspired, moved to be more like you, to take up your compassion, your actions, to stand, to love differently. We just pray for the nation around us this week and those in our country who have chosen a path of hatred or anger or violence contrary to your peace and your love and your acceptance. We just ask that your grace and your compassion and your love would flood into these valleys that we're experiencing now and just Fill us with something different. Fill us with your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. I lost my voice yesterday, bartending, so you will have to bear with me. If it gets super bad, I'm going to tag John and he's going to finish. Um, because he's good at this stuff and he'll just rock it out. In, um, in 2008, Amy and I went to India for 16 days. And it really changed a lot of our perspective on what it looks like to be a Christian community, to follow Jesus. Um, there was one moment in particular we, we visited this leper village. And oh my goodness, these outcasts that aren't allowed to live in regular society are grouped together and they have their own little, little community then. And there's a hospital we visited in this leper community and witnessed a surgery happening to... Um, restore movement in a hand on a, on a gentleman. And the disease is actually super curable. It's not, uh, it's not something to be super afraid of, and it's only contagious for a few days, yet people will outcast these people forever. Um, and some of them then not even finding help. But we meet this doctor at this hospital who is probably in his 50s at the time, fantastic fellow, and he tells us a story of how one of his mentors, he just graduates from medical school, and he has this amazing offer to be a doctor in Delhi, making fantastic money. His family is so excited about this new offer. Yet one of his mentors calls him and says, hey, I, something has come up and I need to leave for a few weeks, and I'm wondering before your new job starts if you would just come down here and take my place for a few weeks while I'm gone. And he agrees to do it, and so this young man who just finished medical school, who's got this fantastic career ahead of him, goes down to this hospital in the leper colony, and he starts to work and meet these people and take care of them. And three weeks go by, and he can't leave. And we come, and he's in his 50s now, and he's been there ever since. He fell in love with these people, with this hurt, with this pain, something more to this. He stayed this whole time. He gave up his career. And he lives there. And man, it's there's there's something really beautiful about this hospital because you're transported back to like 1940s America because everything is old school and there are paintings and pictures and drawings of Jesus everywhere you look. The most amazing artwork. Yet there's in the midst of that there are people who with shriveled hands and feet and people that will cry when you hug them because they, no one 
wants to touch them, they're outcasts. Their society has abandoned them. And you see the pain and you see the beauty in the same place. And it was really hard. I wrestled with this man who changes his whole career, changes his mind because he's here. And why? How could you change all that? How could you? What happens to alter your course that much that life is, is changed? And it's, it really is love. He had to fall in love with this people. You don't just decide one day that, oh, this is prestigious or someone will think I'm a, a martyr or something like that. No, there's an overwhelming love that, that he fell in love with these people. We look at St. Teresa and she was in a similar situation and there's just something that moved this lady's heart that she's been sainted now. We see this amazing act of courage and love and compassion. But None of us get there. I, I really don't think we just can one day decide I'm going to be this compassionate where it changes everything. It, this kind, these kind of actions have to flow from falling in love with someone. But there's, there's so much you can't see them act any differently than this, to fall in love with someone. And in a society right now where we're so protective of our self-interests, our rights, our things, so much going on, why not be inspired by the message of Jesus again in his compassion and his love? So today I want to talk about the discipline of compassion. We do this every month to two months. We throw a discipline in a Sunday because it's something that's hard. It's something we need to practice. It's something that that takes work that we, that we walk into and we practice and we trudge and we pray about and we do things. And I think this is really going to tie to prayer because I don't know how else to develop this kind of compassion. There's some meditation we'll talk about as well. But a discipline, we're, we're followers of Jesus. We see something in the choices that he presents, the way that he shows us is a different life, a better life, a life that brings the kingdom of heaven and earth around us. And we say, I want in on that. I want my actions and my choices to bring the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, God's love, his acceptance to those around me. But it just doesn't happen. It's, it, you just don't wake up one morning and everything's changed. And yes, the Holy Spirit is changing us and he's moving us to something. But I think there's, there's a following. It's the followers of Jesus. There's Christians out there who believe in Jesus, and there's followers of Jesus actively putting one foot in front of the other one, practicing what Jesus did when it's hard, when it's inconvenient, when something's not just right. It's, it's something we put into practice. Jared and I had breakfast a couple weeks ago, and um, Mia had like a super early morning shift, so I let her use the Jeep. And so I'm like, you know, I'll just bike to Jared and... I was running just a few minutes late on my bicycle, and I'm, I'm going, and I see a lady on the side of the road with a flat tire. And I'm like, man, I should stop. And I'm like, oh, I'm already five minutes late for Jared. And I'm like, she's got a cell phone. This will all get figured out. And I pass her, and I go to Jared. And that's all I think about the rest of the day. I was like, how, Jared wouldn't have cared. It was his day off. We could have hung out whenever. He probably would have been excited if I stopped this. But I'm too busy for this lady. And I see the stories of Jesus' life where he's in a crowd of people, and they're pulling him, and they need him. They, like He's needed in places. Yet from this crowd, he'll spot a, a woman who just, whose son just died. And it says he has compassion for this lady and makes everyone stop what they're doing, and he goes over to her and loves her. It's, he's not too busy. Even in the midst of people who need him, there's stuff going on. He stops and has compassion. And so 
we see this compassion all throughout the Bible. Even Old Testament descriptions of God, he was always compassionate. It was compassion is this, this, this sense that comes with him. And so how do we practice this? How do we have a discipline of compassion? How do we move ourselves into this place where we fall in love with someone who's different than us, with someone who is a stranger to us, with someone who even is an enemy, because Jesus takes it that far. Um, I've got a few verses written on the sheets that you should have all gotten. You can follow along if you want to. Deanna and Kelly are missing one back there. It's a good moment to say if you're newer to Bloom, because we do have a couple new faces. We do discussion-based teaching, and so think about anything that this applies to in life, questions this brings up, other verses you think of, ways to live this out, because we can bring it up in discussion then. But Matthew 9.36 in the scriptures, it says, Whenever the crowds came to him, Jesus had compassion for them because they were so deeply distraught and malaise and heartbroken. They seemed to him like lost sheep without a shepherd. It seems like any time he saw the crowds, and when we're talking about the crowds, these are people who are needy. This is a, this is the people we would probably be like, oh, I don't know, if that's, that's going to take some energy, some emotion. That's going to... I don't know if I've got that in me right now. It says, every time Jesus saw this, he's moved with compassion. In Psalms 103, the psalmist the, writes this poem, this song. He says, oh, my soul, come praise the eternal with all that is in me, with body and with emotions, mind and will, and every part of who I am, praise his holy name. Oh, my soul, come praise the eternal um, sing a song from a grateful heart. Sing and never forget all the good he has done despite all your many offenses. He forgives and releases us. More than any doctor, he heals our diseases. He reaches deep into the pit to deliver us from death. He crowns us with unfailing love and compassion like a king. He fills us with good and beautiful things, satisfying us as long as we live. When our soul is famished and withering, Our soul is, is famished and withering. He makes us strong like an eagle, restoring our youth. Oh, it must be raining. Um, it's coming. I'm like, what, did someone spill something? Did John fart? What are we doing? What's going on? Sorry, John. All right, we got distracted there. But the main part, this psalm, he says he crowns us with unfailing love and compassion. He sets this on us. It, it marks us. It, it distinguishes us. People see us. There's... There's respect that comes from this unfailing love and compassion that he sets on us and marks us with that makes us stand out. Compassion and unfailing love. Do we see ourselves this way? Can we encourage ourselves to walk in this? Colossians 3.12 says, Since you are all set apart by God, made holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with the holy way of life. Clothe ourselves in this. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I love the, the verbiage here, the, the mental picture, this clothes, like it's something physically you choose to put on every day. Yes, we could be robed, running around, spiritually naked, but he says, put this on, like, like physically, like force yourself to pick out a cloak of compassion for today. 
or what today brings your way, for who may come your way, whether friend or foe or whatever is going on. These choices, these will distinguish us. This will be like a crown that's on our head that people will notice. This will stand out amidst whatever is going on around us. And then the final verse I put in here was Philippians 2, month to 3. Uh, if you find any comfort from being in the anointed, if his love brings you any encouragement, if you experience true companionship with his spirit, if his tenderness and mercy, in some translations put compassion here, fill your heart, then brothers and sisters, here's one thing that, I would, that would complete my joy. Come together as one mind and one spirit and one purpose, sharing in this same love. Don't let selfishness or prideful agendas take over. Embrace true humility and lift your heads to extend love to others. I think the lifting our heads to extend love is such a big thing. We're focused. We got our goals. We got our to-do list. We got our we got our calendar for this week. We got places to do, people to see, things going on. And are we aware of what's just beyond that? Are we aware of our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family who may be hurting, who may be needing compassion? Are we willing to enter into a practice of compassion, a discipline of compassion for people that are different than us, that annoy us, the people that we may even hate or consider our enemy because we choose to be followers of Jesus, because we choose something better? And so how do we do this? How do we enter into this practice together? And I think prayer is such a big thing. One part of our of God's love is it's so pure that he doesn't force anything upon us. He's not changing you beyond what you want to change. He gives us free will, and that free will has got to yield. It says, I want to be more loving. I want to be more compassionate. Make me like you. Help me to get my eyes off myself. Help me to put them onto others. Help me to enlarge my vision to see someone that's hurting that's just beyond my reach and to love them differently. As Lindsay has compassion for Arthur right now. Um, this is something we're demonstrating to these kids. A, a, a group of people that says, church is more than what I get out of it. My, I don't know, the entertainment value, the, uh, what, whatever, you're, it's something that we partner with. Yes, I'm, I'm being inspired. I'm here to receive but I'm also here to give. At the same hand, I show up every time with a hug to give, with a, something to bring to discussion, with a prayer for someone, with maybe a gift for someone who's needy. At the same time, I'm there to receive myself and to trust that the person, someone's going to see me and give me a hug and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus for me. I think back to this doctor in India that we started this story with and this group of people that he fell in love with. And how do you fall in love with someone? Well, sometimes, well, or many times, it's, it's a product of they're just, they're there so much. We're seeing something different about them. We're able, we're put in situations where we notice things and we start to think about them more. And this more thought and more contact just develop and, and just starts to create something beautiful. It starts to grow. Some people were forced into this situation and all of a sudden we find ourselves in love with someone who worked with us, even though we're not supposed to date coworkers or whatever it is, but you just can't help it because you're close proximity and you fell in love. Or there's, you hear of doctors or nurses falling in love with patients because of the care and the amount of time they spend together. And so how do we put that into a discipline and a practice that we do? And I think it is 
a compassion prayer and a compassion meditation is what I want to suggest, that we start to practice, that we start to add at least weekly and possibly even daily to our mornings. Many of us have talked about having a thankfulness routine in the morning where we, we pray and we're, we're thankful for what we have. But what if we take this following Jesus seriously and we add a compassion element to it? Where we start to take someone in our lives, and this is what we need to start thinking about during this discussion, is who has come up in our life that we need to start developing this compassion and this love for. Maybe it's someone that is in your life right now that you just need to start thinking about more and praying. Maybe it's someone that you kind of love at the moment, but we need to foster that more. We, we need to grow that. Maybe it's mom who's been annoying you lately, but we're going we're gonna to rekindle that love and compassion. But maybe it's someone who annoys you. Maybe it's my coworker who used to get mad at me for clicking pens with my ADD all day long and would steal pens from my drawers and I would just keep bringing clicky pens back until one day she's just like, where are these pens coming from? Like, I've been stealing them for months. And I was inspired by a friend to pray and to love and we developed a friendship by the end of our working relationship. There was something there. And maybe it's even worse than that. Maybe it's someone who has hurt you deeply or someone you would consider an enemy, someone who comes against you. When it comes to compassion discipline, I would say start small, start something easy. But many of us have been followers of Jesus for a long time, and I think the start small is, I think we're beyond that. I think many of us sitting here today, it is the person who maybe is annoying us, or someone we would consider an enemy, or someone who has hated us, that we need to start praying for, and meditating on seeing things. Think of these thoughts. Think of someone's name right now that you need to have us for, and may that person have happiness. May they be free from suffering. May they experience joy and ease. And not just praying this for them, like pausing and taking moments to physically see them happy, at ease, with joy, finding fulfillment in life. Praying and meditating on seeing them happy. Let our heart ruminate on someone and see how that changes our actions. Because really... The Corinthian says, if our love is not from a pure place, if it's not love, any actions we do, it's just going to sound like a clashing symbol or just like a tall dude falling down the stairs. It's just not going to, it's, it's, it's going to have the right, maybe heart behind it, but you weren't there yet. It needs to come from this place of cultivating love and compassion. Can we enter this discipline in? Can our prayers with our children at night enter into the kid who's wronged them that day or stole their toy or stomped on their foot and we start to show this level of discipline where we cultivate compassion. We want to see them happy. We want to see them with lots of toys. We want to, you know, see them healthy and at ease in life. Because it's not easy. Honestly, when you start practicing this, as I did this last week more heavily coming up to this, you will find resistance in your soul and your mind and your spirit, especially the harder the person is. And it can cause some fantastic conversations with God and even realizations of who you are. We think, yes, I could probably do this if I had time, but if we enter into this, if we seriously sit down to create and to practice compassion and to stir this up on the inside, we will find resistance. This isn't easy. This isn't natural. There are self-protection things that will come up in your mind that says, this. I don't know if I want to see them this way. They deserve something worse than this. At least this is what came up for me. And this brings us back to God and grace. Because he says, all of us 
don't deserve this kind of generosity and compassion and love he does, but he loved us first and says he's been chasing us. And so it comes from this place of love that it isn't fair, it isn't what we deserve. And so to follow him, to practice that, to enter into this, and this is not a have to. Jesus loves us the same whether we do or not, but he invites us into this challenge of loving differently to create the kingdom of heaven already on earth. If we practice this, if we believe in that kind of compassion and love for us, what if we extended that to others? What if we loved them more than they deserved? What if we treated them way different than what was coming to them, just as God has done for us? What would this community look like? What would our families look like? And many of us, because I've been praying with you about family situations, know that family can be hard. What if we started to take this step of being a follower of Jesus, to keep them in our hearts, to keep them in our minds, to meditate on good things coming their way and to see what happens. I don't know what else to say to this other than to pray and to ask for God's help and then to enter into discussion with you guys and to see where it takes us. But I'm encouraged to practice this and to, to try it out and to come back with resistance of where it's not working and where it is working and how this helps us live out this kingdom of God. Jesus, we just ask for your help. We invite you into each of our lives right now. And we ask you to help us to see people through your eyes. Help us to find space in our life to enter into a discipline, a practice of creating compassion for those who you've put on our hearts, you've stirred us to love more differently. And even right now, as, as we're sitting here, as we're praying, we just ask that you place people, names, situations in our heart that we can take into our week this week and we can meditate on love and light and goodness coming into these situations and into these people's lives. And we just ask that we would experience the kingdom of God and share it with others as we do this together. Help our discussion be honest and true as we dialogue about this together. In Jesus' name we pray.